exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your host and relationship expert on The Spicy Life Talk, Spicy Mari. And today we are doing another exciting episode because this is based around SPICY, the Spicy Fundamentals. And if you don't know what spicy stands for, it is self, passion, intimacy, communication, and learning to say yes. And it is also the basis of the program that I offer at The Spicy Life. But as uh, always in this five-part series that is now become, my sister is here to join me because she will be interviewing me along the journey of Spicy Mari and how the spicy life rose to fame. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Making it dramatic. The dynasty. The dynasty. But let me give you a little of spice backstory about Shelly, who's going to be interviewing me on the I in intimacy, right? I told you S-P-I-C-Y are the spicy fundamentals. Well, I in spicy is for intimacy. So Shelly is a lifelong student with a passion and curiosity about the human experience. Shelly received her master's degree in ethnic studies from San Francisco State University, where her research focused on collecting the oral histories of black medicine women in the Bay Area and exploring land as a healing conduit for black women. Shelly's vision is to create a space where conversations on the discourse between social justice, environmental justice, and spiritual practice intersect. Shelly is especially passionate about rebuilding our spiritual and cultural connections with the earth and exploring the symbiotic relationship between women and nature. Now top that. It sounds so good every time. <laughs> you ready? You ready? You ready to be topped? You ready to be topped? Yes. Ready top, for this? top my introduction for you. All right. You ready for this? Spicy Mati is the CEO and founder of the Spicy Life Inc. As a relationship expert, Spicy Mati has dedicated her life's work to encouraging singles and couples to communicate and connect more effectively by incorporating passion and adventure back into their interpersonal relationships. Spicy Mati received her BA in communications from UC Berkeley and a master's in communications from USC and is a certified dating coach from the International Dating Coach Association. Raw and always uncensored in her matchmaking approach, Spicy Mati has been featured on E Daily Pop, Access Live, VH1's Basketball Wives, BuzzFeed, Essence Magazine, Soul Pancake, and LATV The Zoo as a recurring dating coach and matchmaker. You can catch her spicy tips live every week on the Spicy Live Talk, available on Dash Radio and all podcast platforms. I'm also a classically trained host, so I think you guys will agree. I just <gasps> murdered oh my, my sister God. I on totally that misheard that. I thought you said a classically trained host, and I was like, wait, what? Classically trained host. <laughs> You thought it said ho? <laughs> well, like, I was digging into my okay, past. Are we going to do? <laughs> okay. I'm like intimacy episode on the spicy live show. Sure. I said host, but um, <laughs> if we do a background check, let me know. All right. So S-P-I-C-Y today, we're talking about the I. Yes. Intimacy. Intimacy. So for our spice breaker, before we get started, Spicy Mati, what is your biggest turn on? All right. Everybody comes in here talking about, um intelligence is my biggest turn on or uh when you know guys no that is not my biggest turn on <laughs> although that is a prerequisite for you to be you know even in my proximity <laughs> to breathe my air <laughs> my biggest turn on is being picked up i love 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 mm. when a man can lift me up and it's not even coming from like a uh let me see how strong he is it's more of this like and it, may, it probably stems from my childhood, <laughs> my daddy issues, but loving like the embrace mm. and the lifting me up off the ground, it yeah. turns me into a little child and 
I, you know, I. Makes you feel like safe and it protected. It makes you feel safe, like, but also too, I like to jump on you. Like I turn into yeah, a little you're like kid. A little kid. Um, and so there's this element of me like, you know, pick me up. But I actually just posted on Instagram too, um, on the IG story, oh, the, the dirty dancing dirty lift. Dancing challenge, the- <laughs> and my husband was able to pick me up and I was like, Ooh, you're going to get some tonight, daddy. <laughs> That's hilarious. So intimacy, let's dive on in. So some people think intimacy just means sex, but intimacy is actually a little bit more complicated than that. Can you break down what intimacy means? I love that you framed it like that. That means you are clearly aware and have done your research on um, the spicy life. So good job, Shell. <laughs> but and you're because you're absolutely right. It is not about sex. That has that has been pressed upon us to think that when you're intimate with someone, because sex is you know giving your body and this shared experience, it really stems to the beginning of that part, the sharing, the shared vulnerabilities, the shared transparency, the shared communication. And so intimacy is you developing a closeness with someone and crossing boundaries with them or social boundaries or the normal typical taboo boundaries um, and behaving in a way and sharing in a way that allows the person to bond with you and to feel connected with you and to feel as if they have insight on who you are. Mm. And so one of that's why, you know, one of one of the things that I'll tell my clients is a spice breaker. You know, if you want to talk to someone is, you know, can I tell you a secret? Um, and, and, you know, make up a secret about yourself. But yeah. <laughs> it creates an environment for closeness. And that's what intimacy is. It's being able to spark closeness without having to be sexually close yet. Mm-mm. Intimacy allows you the opportunity to understand the person, to know the person's backstory and to get insight into way, the way that the person thinks and then to make a decision on whether you want to give your body to the person based on your attraction and desire to bond with the person. In your experience, do you find that people have a fear of, even more of a fear of intimacy in the bedroom or more of a fear of intimacy outside of the bedroom, like the actual vulnerability and sharing piece versus the actual sexual component? Both are extremely related. Okay. So Can you break that down? The, the way that intimacy works in SPICY is you are required in order to really experience intimacy with someone, you are required to provide self-disclosure. You are required to have a conversation with yourself about who you are and then give that away. Mm. One thing that we don't want to do is be vulnerable and we don't want to be fully transparent with someone because there is, once again, this crazy word called fear that we will be judged based on the decisions that we've made and the person that we have become. And then we think that if we give this person this insight or these tools or this knowledge, that they will now have the capability of using it against us, Mm -hmm. of hurting us or potentially leaving us, whether it is a coworker, whether it is a lover, whether it is a family member or a friend or a stranger or the mailman. We have this fear of if this person really knows who I am and how I think, I won't be accepted. And one of the main qualities that we look for in life in the way that we communicate, in the way that we share and express ourselves is acceptance. 
And if we are constantly thinking about how we make other people feel in our vicinity or what we give to them, we will remain stagnant and not be as vulnerable or as transparent as we should because then we will not receive what we require as validation. Mm. So the acceptance leads to the intimacy. So as we're going through the SPICY, because we can see the pattern going, there's a reason you- are catching it, you're catching it. There's a reason you've structured it the way that it's been structured. You have to do the work with yourself and figure out who you are and then develop your passions. And then once you have that solid sense of self, you will feel safe enough to be vulnerable and share with your partner. Is that kind of the trajectory right. of the program? Can you break that down a little bit more? Yeah, you you are dead on the money for that. Um, I love that we share the same DNA. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look at me now, <laughs> All those brilliant bones in your body. Um, self is, you know, and we have, um, please go back and listen to the previous episodes. Self is you having self-awareness, emotional intelligence, um, understanding self-perception, uh, self-regulation and reaching self-actualization. So having this relationship with yourself and loving on yourself, despite all of your crazy flaws, because those make you beautiful too. But guess what? Now you have the opportunity and you know to improve upon those if you want, but you can't do it if you don't know. Passion is you knowing what excites you in life, what you are crazy about. You know, romantic passion is you understanding, you know, that you have a fervent affection for life and sharing it with someone and sharing that excitement in a harmonious way with them. The intimacy part comes from now you having accepted those things about yourself and now you're willing to give it away. Mm. Now you are willing to share that with someone else despite how they may or may not receive you. And so the reason why that also adds to the fear element is because we have this main fear of rejection. And if you have a pattern or history in your childhood, similar to me and a million other people on this earth, or even in your adulthood, you've been left or not received even to be left, you're gonna have a fear of rejection and we allow it to control our decisions and the relationships that we develop to the point where we keep things very surface level when we come into contact or communication with other people, which is why I'm, I tend to be received as extremely crazy because I actually say my thoughts and let you know that I'm thinking this thing and ask you, how did that thing that I just said made you feel? Well, that's a very intimate thing for you to share with us so quickly. And that's a deep conversation for us to be having so soon. And I'm like, well, I don't really have time to try to get to the point to where we stop being professional and we start a close relationship, I like to just get to the closeness soon. And what feels like to others is being forced is no, I'm just breaking down the walls quicker than you're used to because I'm just giving you a piece of myself, whether you asked about it or not. And I'm letting you know that I'm desiring more. And that is the part that's unusual mm -hmm. is, oh no, I actually want to get a relationship with you. You should be my friend. And that is weird to people because, but it doesn't work like that. Like first we have to like meet over coffee and we have to like make sure our kids are on the same, you know, little league team together. Okay, I don't have a little league team. So what now, how do we connect? Yeah. How about I just tell you how I feel and what I want and what I have to offer and what I can get from you. If two people are dating or they're kind of getting to know each other and one person is way more vulnerable than the other, are they automatically incompatible or is there like maybe room for like, the other person who's not sharing as much like to like meet the other person where they're at or like how do you navigate through those 
kind of dynamics when it's like this person is sharing so much information with me, but I don't feel safe enough to share with them. Like, right. what, do I, like what do I do? <laughs> it <laughs> does because not everybody is raised the same way. Not everybody, yeah. you know, is, you know, fearless when it comes to the way that they communicate or the way that they develop relationships. So it, it, it does, it can rub you the wrong way, whether it's a romantic relationship or a platonic. Um, and I have it, in my mind, or at least I tell myself, which is a great spicy tip for you guys, if this person isn't receptive to my truth or to my honesty or to what it is that I'm desiring, or if they reject me, I can handle that mm -hmm. because I love me anyways. And that just lets me know you don't make good fucking decisions do if you, you pass believe, up on me. Do you believe in oversharing? Like what's the line between Absolutely. vulnerability and oversharing? And that's that's really probably what you want to know too is the um, being, there is a thing as being too transparent. And by that, I mean, what you asked me earlier is that like, okay, one person's extremely vulnerable, the other person's not. You have to gauge your vulnerability on one, putting yourself out there. And if the other person reacts and receives it and how they react to it. Because if you're giving, 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 and the person is taking, but not giving, that is not intimacy. And so what mm. you guys have to understand is the process of intimacy is you providing disclosure and insight and being vulnerable with me, then me being vulnerable back with you. If I am not vulnerable back with you, one, you are not being emotionally intelligent in the relationship mm -hmm. that we are having, which is why you should have taken the self part of the program and <laughs> go back and listen. You are not being receptive and responding in a way that's allowing you self-regulation to be able to stop yourself from oversharing. And if you're sharing with someone who is not providing information or vulnerability back with you, then you're not creating intimacy, but you also more than likely are not in a healthy situation or healthy dynamic where you're overcompensating for what the person isn't giving you. And so because it's not a symbiotic relationship, it is now one-sided and you're being left unfulfilled. And sometimes you develop a habit of being comfortable in that unfulfillment. You get used to that unfulfillment and you say, well, I just share more than others. Okay. Well, when you do that, how receptive are people to that? And are you someone who is capable of getting it out of them anyways? And that is what I have mastered in my approach, in my technique, in my communication studies is, yes, I'm going to make you uncomfortable, but I pay attention to your discomfort. And then I ask you and make you explain why this is making you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But then I ask for the sharing back in return, whether you have decided to give it or not because I'm going to break that wall. However, majority of us don't demand that from each other. And we don't even walk in with the expectation of it. And when it's not met, we're disappointed. But what we're not acknowledging is our different communication patterns. And we'll do communication next on the next episode. But yeah. what we're not acknowledging is our different backgrounds, our different upbringing. And so that's why you have those conversations of, you know, the reason why I act this crazy and I have to be this, you know, extroverted, and I know I'm making you super uncomfortable right now with like being as abrasive as I am is because, you know, I was forced to survive as a kid and I was put in elements where I was, you know, on the hunt for my daddy and I was going up like, you know, the little, you know, birdie in that one book. Will you be my 
mommy? Are you my mother? Yeah, are you my mother? <laughs> I was doing that with men. I'm like, come on, somebody be my daddy. You can be my daddy and you can be my daddy. Back then, I you didn't really... You get a daughter. 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 I didn't really have my method back then. I was just like throwing darts at everybody with a penis for my mom. But, you know, if I... And so be, me explaining that to you, now I get to pivot and ask the question back. Have you ever been in a situation where you had to step outside of your comfort zone and embarrass yourself in order to get a job done, in order to get something that you wanted? That is me asking you, telling you something intimate and sharing something very vulnerable about myself that I have learned to accept and that I'm also passionate about, but now giving you a platform to express your experience Maybe not exactly with that specific thing, but in that realm of vulnerability. Have you ever experienced something where you had to you know, embarrass yourself and did you get it? Did you not get it? Now I'm making you share and open up and now we're creating intimacy. You're giving me something in return for something that I gave. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part is being the giver. The hardest part is giving first because we don't really know how the person's gonna receive it. You know, are they gonna, is it gonna rub them wrong? But you're gonna have to gamble just a little bit if you're used to being the receiver and you're gonna have to continue to gamble if you're used to being the deliverer because you also don't wanna be in relationship with someone who has very poor intimacy skills and hasn't developed that. So you at some point have to show some form of vulnerability in order to feel closeness. And studies show that, and it's why I graph your intimacy in my program, studies show that the rate at which we experience intimacy and the level at which we experience it, you can feel it sooner if it goes at a higher, at a more exponential rate, and you feel closer to someone, which is a very high quickness. You get that high, you get that crack because you got intimacy quick and you got closeness quick. But if you tend to score it higher than you would at a lower rate, it is destined for a greater crash if that person is not experiencing it or sharing it at the same rate with you. Mm. I know that was very scientific and you had to imagine the graph, but I actually graph this with you, which is why you should be pacing yourself, especially if you are someone who from a physical intimacy standpoint, it scores higher for you on your value or importance and you're giving it away continuously when it is actually something that you score very high in, in your um, intimacy threshold. It is something that you extremely, extremely value, but you keep giving it away. Yeah. Do you, let's talk about your clients. Do you have to tell your clients how to develop intimacy in the bedroom? I oftentimes experience clients who do not feel sexually empowered mm. um, because they're struggling with some self-esteem or some, you know, some, um, internal conflicts, there is this level of fear that they operate from, from a mental standpoint of acceptance and what other people think. But then that translates into the physical component, the fear of being naked. What are people going to think of my body? You know, what are people going to, you know, what if I don't perform well for her? Or what if I don't perform well for him? when you have told yourself that you're not enough or when you have told yourself that you're not good enough or someone's not gonna accept you, you start behaving in a way that doesn't warrant acceptance. You start behaving in a way that creates an environment of making someone else comfortable, someone else not respect you, someone else not desire you because an unconfident person is not desirable. And so because I wanna say, 
this is, is gonna be harsh, you guys, but because um, uh, insecurity and toxicity attract the same type of person, mm-hmm. because a healthy person is not going to want an unhealthy person, right. they're gonna recognize that because they're healthy, um, you will end up with someone who struggles with the same battles that you do. And now you have two people, unless one of you is stronger than the other, who's not able to get themselves out or to help uplift you guys. And so if you're operating from this place of fear and choosing people out of fear or choosing people out of, well, this person will accept me and they allow me to be vulnerable, but they're not a healthy partner. And they within themselves aren't in a clear understanding of what intimacy is for them. Now you have not the iron sharpening the iron, you have the blind leading the blind. You also do work with couples, not just singles. So when you're talking to couples about intimacy, like what are some things that you find come up in these conversations? With couples, it's usually uh, women feeling as if the man who she chose is is not intimate mentally with them, Mm -hmm. is not vulnerable, and is not emotionally intelligent enough to understand and process what she is feeling. And it's the same dynamic too, whether it be um, a homosexual or a lesbian relationship, no matter matter what their gender is, women are gonna experience it internally within themselves, men as well. It doesn't matter the genders, what what usually happens though is one person is just more vulnerable than the other Mm -hmm. person. And so when you guys aren't sharing with one another and because there's misunderstandings in your communication pattern, one person is left feeling unfulfilled. And so when a woman feels, or even a man, because you both can feel this, but when one partner feels that they are sharing and the other partner is not, now there's a less desire to share your body, a less sexual attraction, a less sapiosexual element because the mental capacity, which controls our emotional, which controls our heart, which controls our organs um, is not there. And so you'll find that he's dissatisfied with the lovemaking and she's dissatisfied with the internal work that's going on. And so trying to get them on the same place where she can communicate more effectively with him Mm -hmm. in what she needs, but also in what he needs from a communication standpoint, because the, and we'll speak about this in communication. So I won't go deep into the communication part. Um, Remind me to hit the point of how different men um, and women communicate. But when you can figure out what each person needs and where that need is coming from, that is the most important part. Why are you seeking this thing and what do you need in order to get that thing? It then turns into now training them and reprocessing or changing their perspective and how they view the sacrifice that it's gonna require in order to give their partner that thing. As much work as it is to match a couple, it's even more work to keep a couple. Mm. What about intimacy with self? Uh, can you talk, do you ever talk to your clients about masturbating or is masturbation a tool that you suggest for building intimacy with yourself? I love intimacy and I love masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I definitely promote the discovery portion of loving on yourself. You should be someone who is constantly exploring your body. If you have a partner, amazing, explore their body with you. I, I teach the element of hot and cold, touch different parts of your partner's body. 
that they either love or they don't love. Because if for each person, it's different. I have one client right now where she has a fear of intimacy and she hasn't been treating her body as amazing as um, she should. So we made sure to go out, out and get her a toy so that she can be orgasming on a regular basis because that should be a part of your food groups. Um, but then, because uh, it's a nutrient mm, that your body fruits, needs. Fruits, vegetables, <laughs> orgasms. Yes, fruits, vegetables, and <laughs> orgasms. <laughs> Um, but it should also be a part of your discovery process so that you can now teach someone where you like to be touched. And so, because she hadn't been doing that, we did the hot and cold on her and I did it for her where, um, cause we went to an intimacy yoga class where I am touching her different places mm. and we discovered like, oh, there's something freaky about your knees that you like being mm. touched. And cause she would tell me hot. And then when it came to her, um, like upper breast area or her like, uh, what is this called right here, Shell? Your collarbone? Your collarbone. She was like, ah, that doesn't do anything for me. And I used several different toys on her. I actually like took a dildo, touched different places with her body because they had like a vibrating dildo they gave me. They gave me like a little whip and chain. Like they gave oh, us different <laughs> tools to be able to discover like, okay, does the motion of this toy work well with your body, you know, when I touch different places, you know, on your body, nothing was inserted in like the vaginal place. This was just the actual like body element. What toys did we gel well with? And so we were able to discover like she has a knee fetish and I have a neck fetish. And so um why can't I already knew that, but I also found out that something about like my underarms. <laughs> I think it's a Capricorn thing though. Underarms? Yeah, really? I read that um Capricorns oh. um, a turn on for us is um the, the big toe in the armpit. I want to try. Okay, I'm going to try that. <laughs> Just a little spicy tip right there. I don't know right how there. I'm going to try that, but I'm going to try that. Like, can you tickle under my but armpit? But like, we don't take enough time to like pleasure ourselves and for the self-discovery portion. So when it comes to now teaching someone else how to do it, we just, once again, take what we can get because we don't know what we like or even how to instruct. Mm. Um, and I have one last question about sex. Do you find that, say if you have a client who maybe has like a low sex drive or like a low libido, um, is that usually an indication of something that's happening just in their head because they just don't feel confident or they just like legitimately just have like a low sex drive or a low libido? Well, it can be medical and you can also have a low sex drive because of self-esteem mm. um, and self-love, of course, which mm. is still, there's still like a psychological, which is mm. medical component to that. But usually the low sex drive is coming from you not putting sex as a priority for your life, mm. which Yes, you should have self-control, but you should also operate from a place of self-love. And part of self-love is loving on yourself. From a physical standpoint, the way that you keep sex at the forefront or keep your imagination going or keep your life hot and steamy doesn't even require always you having another body there. Mm. But it does require you pleasuring yourself. So if someone comes in with a low sex drive, I go through the, well, how long have you touched yourself? You know, when was the last time you masturbated? Is it something that you do, you know, continuously? And is it something that you thoroughly enjoy? Maybe you're not using the right toy. Maybe we need to start with our fingers. Maybe we need to start with a rabbit. Then we move to a dragon. Maybe, you know, so we'll, we'll go through the different toys, which uh, is a part of one of the exercises that we do. And we find what is right for you. And so if you have a low sex drive, it usually is because you don't, think that you're desirable. So mm. therefore, of course, you're not gonna play with yourself because you don't even desire you. So then how do we get somebody else to desire you? So it starts with self for that very reason. We find out what do you love about yourself? What makes you desirable? So that we can worship and celebrate those things 
So then we can love on ourselves. Yeah. And sometimes you will discover that you were using the wrong toy or you weren't, you know, doing it the right way. And I also have, you know, someone that I will come in from um, a marriage and family therapist standpoint who will kind of speak to, you know, is it some childhood traumas? Is it, um, you know, something that is maybe medical that we need to seek further treatment for? But if I can coach you and go through some, you know, um, preliminary steps first, usually we're able to make, you know, extreme breakthroughs. Yeah, I love how everything in the Spicy Life program that you've discussed always goes back to the self. And it's it like, does. even in the intimacy piece, it's like, how do you develop intimacy with yourself? Well, you figure out what your passions are. How do you figure, <laughs> out, what you, how do you figure out what your passions are? You get to know yourself. And it's just like this really, it's this really beautifully structured program. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to learn more about it in our next episode. Yay. Okay, so you guys can play with my Twitter and stroke my Instagram at Spicy Madi. We're going to be doing communication next, so make sure you check in the next episode. And if you haven't, uh, listen to S and uh, P, Self and Passion. Uh, make sure that you go back and listen to those. But uh, download, subscribe, all of the above. Oh, um, share this episode. Um, shout out to my sister Shelly for interviewing me. Um, but you guys can always play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at Spicy Madi. And there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. The Spicy Life.